Welcome to Blooming Out, Indiana's only LGBTIQ news and public affairs show, featuring music, events, and interviews, both local and global. Live from the WFHB studios in Bloomington, Indiana, this is Blooming Out. Good evening, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Blooming Out. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Lucas Fisher. Welcome. Yay. Yay. We're all back. I love it like all this. Back. I do too. It's so great to see all of you. Gang's all here. Ha- happy belated birthday, Ireland. Thank yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a good one? I Yeah, it was a great birthday. I really enjoyed it, so... Virgo power. For, yeah, Virgo power. Thanks Virgo. for all the birthday wishes for me, guys. Really made me. Oh. Oh. You cut out. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, no. <laughs> it totally went like all metal. And... Oh, no. It's okay. Well, I was saying thank you for the the birthday wishes um, on Monday. It was very sweet of oh, you all. What did you do on your birthday? I, let's see. Um, got brunch from this great vegan diner that's in Brooklyn. Um, and then I went to the Marsha P. Johnson 75th birthday march. Um, it started at Washington Square Park, and we marched to... Um, the Christopher, Christopher Street Pier. So we walked all the way past Stonewall, um, down by the water. Uh, and I have some audio from the rally before the march. Um, a couple of speakers uh, spoke, <laughs> and they were really good. Um, Queen Jean was uh, sort of the organizer of the whole thing. She's mm-hmm. a costume designer um, in New York. And, um, she, so I think we're gonna play the audio. She speaks first. And then, uh, after Queen Jean is Ian Field Stewart, um, who's an activist and founder of the Okra Project, which is a really cool organization that, um, people can donate to fund trans people to go into other trans people's homes and cook food for them. So it provides food and company and community and it's great. Um, amazing. Yeah. Did you say the name was that? That was a... The Okra Project. The Okra. A-R-A. Yes. And we can link in the show notes. Totally. I'm going to donate. And do you think that we should tell anybody listening who Marsha P. Johnson is? Or do you think everybody should? I mean, everybody should. Do they not know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you don't know, Marsha P. Johnson uh, was... A lot of people know her as the person who, quote unquote through the first brick at Stonewall, although no one knows exactly who it was. But she was a super influential figure at the Stonewall riots and was an activist and um, queer rights activist, um, all around activist for everyone. Um, AIDS and, activist. And mm-hmm. Yes, AIDS activist. A really amazing person. And mm-hmm. Often has not gotten her due. So I did. Definitely that. has not gotten her due. Um, because, you know, we, there was a lot of talk at the march. It was her, should have been her 75th birthday. Um, but because of her untimely death in 1992, which still has not been solved. Um, yeah. Which is important to remember. Uh, she's no longer with us. And that was one of the big talking points for yes for Monday at the march was, you know, she should be here, you know, speaking. It shouldn't be, you know, the rest of us. And I think... Uh, Ian Stewart says that at one point in the audio, so we can take a listen if we want. 
Alright, roll tape. The last couple weeks have been trying for our community. The last couple days have been trying for our community. The last few hours have been trying for our community. Because black people can't exist in white America. I'm gonna that again. It seems to me that white supremacy continually creeps its way in. How do we heal? How do black lives heal in this type of space? Where you are not allowed to live freely. Where the color of your skin will permit if you get home that day. If you make it home that day. For my trans siblings, it is also a feat. Because you are constantly navigating just to try to get home. For me, the answer is liberation. The answer is liberation. Because we as a community have got to be liberated. We've got to liberate so that we can all be we're gonna make change right now. Because as a community, I believe that we can heal. I believe that we can have equality right here and right now. Hey y'all, my name is Ann Field Stewart. I use they, them, she, her pronouns. I'm the founder of the Oprah Project. What I wanna to say to y'all is that it shouldn't be me up here speaking right now. It shouldn't be the Queen Genie that's speaking up here right now. It should be Marsha. Because what we know we're talking about, and this really mentioned this, is that Sylvia and Marsha, we all heard Julie said, Marsha this, Sylvia that, they stood right here and said, Marsha this, and Sylvia that, and they were booed off the stage. So I don't know what brought June about. I don't know what brings you here today. But what I can certainly say is that the struggle is not over by any stretch of the imagination. When a black trans woman is given the mic, it is her duty and responsibility to take up as much time as she can. So get settled in. Whether it be in emails we are sent, whether it be in speeches we are pretending we are offered, right? Because of course now people are offering us space. They offer us the space. Oh, well, why don't you come and speak to us? Why don't you come and educate us? Why don't you come and tell us? Baby, I tried to do that 10 years ago. Where the f were you? <laughs> we still don't know who killed Marsha. We still don't know who killed Marsha. They may be here today. Think about that. They, their descendants may be here today. Because we don't know who killed her. And the many other women who have come before her, we don't know who killed them. And not because we couldn't find out. Mainly because no one bothered to find out. This black trans rage that we carry every day, that means that we get fired from jobs, because we have been. The thing that means that we have to leave employment, leave housing circumstances, make ourselves vulnerable. The work that black trans women have been doing to scream and shout, our lives are in danger. And the many times that people looked the other way, or people decided that it was too much, right? And we still sacrifice, because I cannot name a single black trans woman I know who hasn't lost a job for black trans liberation. 
I cannot name a single black trans woman who has not lost out there for black trans liberation, lost money for black trans liberation, lost her life for black trans liberation. And you say the same. So how long do we have to go through this? How long do we have to fight? Do we have to give y'all the tools? Because money has been in PowerPoint, it's been in resource guides, it's been on maps, it's been on t-shirts, it's been on Instagram, Twitter, every kind of social media you can get into, honey. And still, things are not changing. So if you're here today because suddenly you decided that you wanted to fuck black trans women, baby, you'll be alright. Yeah, you may if you're here today, because you wanted to take a photo on Instagram and make sure that everyone knew you are hashtag go baby, I don't If you've been here today because you're guilty and you're trying to alleviate your guilt by doing the bare minimum, honey, take it over. If you're here today because you're ready to fuck for baby, let's Thanks for sharing that, Ireland. Yes. Of course. Yeah. That's something that needs to be broadcast. I, I didn't see any, you know, pop-ups on um, social media about it. But yeah, yeah. I only saw a few because just because I was there and I'm following all the tags and everything. Um, but yeah, it, it was weird because at one point there was a helicopter that was like just hanging out like right over the park and it was like kind of loud and interfering with our ability to hear the speakers and i couldn't figure out if it was like a new i wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt that it was like a news organization covering you know the march or something but i was also worried that it was you know cops just trying to make noise um and like you know but so i but i haven't seen any news coverage on it so i'm kind of thinking the latter at this point well and if you've seen the the um uh biopic they did the the um marsh p johnson story mm-hmm. the police were uh if not complicit they were certainly permissive that oh, yeah. in, in the circumstances around her death um they had no no sympathy whatsoever and uh and the investigation just wasn't an investigation right so, mm. um and that's no. why we still don't know what happened. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes they blamed her death on a suicide, but there was no no. Yeah, that's what it was originally originally ruled as. Right. But her friends were like, um, no. Right. And yeah. yeah, like. So this person who is essential to the cause, you know, essential to the the LGBT uh, rights movement, is still seeking justice. We are still seeking justice for for wrongs done uh from the beginning yeah and it just echoes how so many i mean it echoes how black trans women in this country are still treated today i mean we've seen the list of names it's growing bigger every day um almost literally every day yeah literally every day uh yeah it's endlessly disheartening that these cases are not taken seriously Mm um to some credit they're getting better about it uh as a whole nationwide about Mm -hmm. and but it's because people are making noise it's because people are coming out and saying this isn't right you need to to get on it and they're holding uh police stations feet to the fire because we we can't Mm -hmm. continue on this way so yeah um yeah that just blows my mind i mean 
I don't know. It just drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, especially thinking about, you know, they said how white supremacy always finds a way to slip itself in. And um, just uh, in the past few days, we had uh, Jacob Blake, who was shot, uh, mm -hmm. I think, seven times for uh, trying to go into his car, uh, which I guess he was evading the police or whatever. And oh, then, no, that wasn't even that. That was yeah, the th that they used. He was uh, he came to help out in a disagreement between right. two other people, mm. and um, they locked on him, and he Whoa. was trying to. His evasion was he was just trying to leave. Yeah, and he had his kids in the car, and so he opened the the car door, and then they shot him, and then protests have ensued naturally. And there was a gunman at the, this protest. I think it was uh, yesterday. Kenosha, last night. In the city yeah. where Jacob Blake was shot. Yeah. Yes. And this gunman shot three people and killed two people. A 17 year old boy. Um, and the police didn't even shoot him once. So it just that to me speaks volumes about the the true white supremacy that is ingrained in our country and like I, it's irrefutable i i don't know it's just he was palling around with the police at the protest mm -hmm. and before this happened and uh he's walking around 17 year old he's a minor um 17 year old with a kid gun with, with an gun. ar type weapon i i don't know that it was specifically an ar the photos are are bad um just open carrying obviously um and and they didn't confront him about it but i'm wondering you know of course if it was a, a black person who was carrying a, a black teen who was carrying an ar to a protest how do you think they would have been treated yeah mm -hmm. exactly. and I there were people that would think that he, they deserve to be treated that way right you know right it's and just... I saw a video of the uh, police chief of Kenosha um, talking about the deaths that happened yesterday. Um, and he was saying that it was because of the curfew. And the curfew is set for protection and safety for citizens. And if they hadn't been out past curfew, then they wouldn't have been shot. Oh. And how does that make sense? How it, One... It was not the police who shot them. It was an unarmed, or it was an armed minor who came to the, you know, protest to be on the side of police or whatever, you know, and then his, his excuse for not, like, prosecuting this, he didn't even mention this person that did the actual shooting. He kind of just acted like it was the police and it was a necessary thing in order to calm the protests. Right. Well, and he actually has problem. been charged now. Good, good, good. But um, that still doesn't make up for the fact that you know, on on Sunday you can. Oh, I'll just say for this purposes, on Monday you can shoot a black man six times in the back, and then on Tuesday you can let a seventeen-year-old boy shoot three people and then not even not do anything. Like yeah, same police. Like department. what do you guys? Same what is the police officers. anymore? Like what kind of what kind of representation of the police is that? Like right. just... the illusion of serve and protect is no longer. It's like 
it, you, we can see right through it. You know, it's like, not. How are you supposed to expect me to believe that the police are good when they can, they can do both of those things in right. the same week? Like it just, I don't. I I am just. It just shows what is happening to black people in this country, and yeah, I, and it's it's like police are simply not doing their job or like they're not doing the job that it was intended for people or police shoot white people too actually like they are doing the job that they they right exactly right it's actually what it is but um but it's not fair white people right it's not fair it's not fair but the fact of the matter is police should not be the judge during execution or they should not be shooting people Mm. under the illusion of serve and protect it doesn't exactly and this is the argument that people pro police people are going to give is that uh you know well my answer to to any argument right now is that if you really believe that uh this guy deserved to get shot seven times then the police should have also shot the gunman who killed two people at least seven times like yeah. come on okay or, we can once again they would have done had he been black without a doubt without a doubt Ugh. I'm I mean, sorry. Just like when I'm, I, I'm just never stop being appalled. I never stop being surprised. I find it interesting that the 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 narrative right now is well, they should have shot the white kid too, uh, instead <laughs> of like, um, <laughs> right, decreasing well, police violence. No, <laughs> no, don't make him the. This, that's what I, that is my ironic take on it because, uh. I've already seen people saying, trying to say that uh, Jacob Blake is isn't a victim because he didn't comply with police. But so that's my ironic take on it: is that at least you know if justice is going to be served for not complying, that at the very least you know we shouldn't let gunmen in our streets murder people. We shouldn't have let him hang out with the police beforehand before the shooting a minor carrying and he was also a white supremacist carrying a an ar and palling around with the people who were supposed to be protecting folk what do you think he came there for yeah with that weapon why do you think he was there a young adult well young adult you know whether you call them young adults or or old kids or whatever you know, Child. 17, 18, 19, the late teens there, um, they're, they're not known for rational thought and for, sure. um, uh, oh, I'm just here to make a statement. No, that's, that would be suspicious to, I think, pretty much anybody. And uh, there were also reports that um, the police were going to supposedly march uh, some of the protesters towards these folks who had these white supremacists because he wasn't the only one he came with a group it was a part it was an organized uh um counter protest yeah and uh you know it, it well, was it the whole thing stinks to high heaven yeah, and uh but so does everything else yeah so does everything else and so this I is why we say it- all cops are bad the whole dang system is bad you know the yeah. whole idea of cops is bad you know yeah well it's the police shootings that reflect you know uh structural racism and modern segregation and it just is very apparent so yeah it is bad i agree with you 
and is it going to change? I well, no, that's that's what we have to do. We have to demand it. We have yep. to demand of them accountability. You know, police aren't going to go anywhere. Um, and they're they're a, they're a uh, necessary part of the system that we have. And unless the system changes, right. they're not changing. Um, right. So we and, have and to be the ones who force the change. Yep. Everybody across America, not just queer people and black people and people who are are oppressed in this country, but everybody. Mm -hmm. um, apparently, we have a lot of uh, cisgender heterosexual uh, listeners. That means you too. So mm -hmm. everybody needs to demand justice and justice needs to be blind. It needs to be yeah for everyone you can't ever absolutely you can't put qualifiers on it you can't um yeah deny it to anyone this is such a hypocritical moment it's not even about like the narrative of black lives matter versus blue lives matter it's about like what are you gonna sit and allow like what do you even think is justice like like what how could you how could you not be outraged by uh a gunman killing protesters like but, you know, defend the police when they shoot someone seven times who is unarmed. I, I, yeah, I just... Well, don't get come on, people. Like, car with their children in it. Stop. Yeah. We have to stop politicizing some of this so we can... So it's... I mean, the people who are politicizing this in such a way that uh, is, is negative. I don't think Black Lives Matter is like a negative political movement i i don't think that at all and um there's a lot of people saying that it is and we need to put that crap aside all the conspiracy bull crap and just think about like what is actually happening to people and what are the cops doing what are they actually doing and just i don't know people i, I there's just so much anti-reasoning that's going on and conspiracy garble that is swallowing up everything. Well, hey, that sounds like a segue. It does sound like a segue. Yeah. Uh, one of the first news pieces we have is on QAnon, but does anybody have anything else that they would like to touch on from this past week? Mm. <laughs> we had the, uh, we had a rally downtown that kind of went sideways oh yeah i uh i watched the there's it is on youtube the uh blue lives matter uh rally that happened this last weekend and there were people there there was someone there who uh was telling everyone that the china virus is over because we're a small indiana town regardless of the fact that you know 30,000 40,000 students are coming back to campus so it's kind of just that's just sounded dumb and cases uh, are rising cases yeah. are like it's we're about to be in a hot spot like it just it's gonna happen um my my sisters just went back to class she had a a, a covid scare before classes even started um after she moved back to campus um so wow. that's how things are going uh yeah. not good I swear to God, there's some good news that we're going to get to, folks. Um, but there's a whole lot of we're we're kind of overloaded, uh, and I I have something else I want to talk about 
well regarding that too but uh, we're we're in a space where there's so much wrong going on that it's easy to shut down but we have to remember that we do have power we do have voice and we can use that to affect change we have to use it to affect change at some point one point or another (laughs) it has to be done we can't continue on this way and we can't go back um we can only go forward so well uh, can i say something no okay well this is about blue lives matter i am aware that there are a number of people who support blue lives matter because they have cops in their family and there are good cops that are in their family and they think that they're good people because they're in their family and i could buy that um i noticed at the the blue lives protest that was in bloomington there was a lot of like very family filled like you know there it was like a sort of prayer for those people and i just hope that the people who really believe that um their cop family members are good people can also see the atrocities that are happening and not just attribute it to some cultural Marxism that is occurring with the Black Lives Matter movement. Because I don't think that the inherent issue of Black Lives Matter is a cultural Marxist leftist movement. It is a empathetic one, just in the same way that your Blue Lives Matter rally, I at least from what I saw at the protest in Bloomington, is an, a call for empathy to care for our family and our friends. So I just really hope that the people out there that I know who support Blue Lives Matter, we need to stop taking things so personally all the time and forming things out of an attack and really try to listen to one another. And uh, I don't know. That's all I have to say about that. Because, you know, we don't trust the police. If we trusted the police, we wouldn't be against the police. Um, but we, and I don't know. It's, it's not a Marxist cultural Marxist leftist movement. It is, it is much more than that. And so I just wanted to say that. Yeah. It's the simple matter of life and death. We're just trying to, you know, fight for everyone's right to survive literally like if you're worried about your cop family member and you're worried about them being killed on the job or being hurt on the job or whatever you should be just as worried about the black lives who are victimized by police violence and if you're not you're just racist and that's the tea sorry (laughs) yeah and the only reason people say that all cops are bad is because all of the cops if you have one bad cop and they're all in a group and they're protecting the bad cop from something that they've done. That does make them all bad. That's just bad. Like, you can't cover up crimes. We should be fighting for no one to die. We don't want anyone to die. You know? It's like, we don't want anyone to die on either side. None of this should have happened. But this is where we are, you know? And we have to keep fighting for what's right. The idea that there are sides is in and of itself uh, a problem. Yeah. And that shouldn't be right off the bat. That should not be the case. We should start looking at each other as equals and, and maybe then 
what follows is treatment as equals, but we aren't seen as equals. We aren't seen as complete citizens uh, or even fully human, depending on who you ask. Yep. So, um, and, and there's a lot of protectionism. There's a lot of, the, the culture is broken and, and to change the culture takes, mm-hmm. takes a lot of awareness and takes a lot of courage. And, um, but you know, just like anything, um, it's worth fighting for and it, it needs to, it needs to be done. Um, kind of touching on those elements, I, I'll get into the QAnon story now. Uh, and, and so, well, it'll explain itself. Uh, when asked by a reporter during a White House briefing about the QAnon movement, Donald Trump appeared to, uh, court its supporters by replying that, quote, I heard that these are people that love our country. He asserted that he had heard uh, he had not heard much about them other than I understand they like me very much and it is gaining in popularity popularity that just disgusts me that's his that's his focus QAnon is an umbrella term for a movement that um, spreads conspiracy theories that top U.S. military officials recruited say, Donald Trump like to turn really to run German for president this style. is what they believe. Uh, run for president yeah. to expose uh, to expose and vanquish the deep state uh, tied to a cabal of Satan worshiping pedophiles who operate a child sex trafficking ring, which ultimately kill and eat the children they abuse to this. extract a life extending chemical found in youthful blood. Um, this is this this is not new. This is old propaganda the, uh, that's been used for ever. centuries. Simpler. I always oh, think yeah. that it's older times. and comes from yeah. all over Europe. Actually, uh, it's just <laughs> new wrapping on, on an old uh, old thing. It's uh, for over a thousand years, and specifically. Right. Well, no, we're not. We're we're the same, and that's something that needs to be really projected back into the into history we like to um mythologize things that we don't have direct contact with like yeah if things weren't simpler so things weren't um people were yeah yeah they they just didn't have cell phones so uh, they would they would be just as horrible uh as we are and uh we would be we are we are them too so anyway christians have accused jewish people um as being inhuman child-eating monsters who drank the blood of children to cure ailments and replenish blood loss during menstruation. Here, here's, here's how these different things kind of weave together. So listen to this. So, I just want to say, as a Jewish gay man, I hear this type of stuff, and it's like it makes my life so much more exciting than it really is. Right? <laughs> I'm very disappointed to know that I like unload the dishwasher all the time and do my laundry, and yeah. Anyway. You grew, you grew up with this, you know, and, yeah. and a lot of people don't hear this. A lot of people are not aware of uh, the history behind hate. You know, they hear, oh, well, you know, the Holocaust. And they might hear of other well, things. I grew up with Holocaust survivors, you know. Yeah. Um, it had a huge impact on me. Oh, and maybe during the Inquisition. But really, that's it. That's, that's all. Um, no, not at all. Uh, so they believe that male jewish also like what right good 
Oh, I was just gonna say, like, it's so like the menstruation part. It's like that reads, "I hate women." You know, it's well, like, exactly. everything ties into each other. Like, it's like it's it's yeah. it's, Go it's ahead. all Sorry. woven together: misogyny, racism, uh, uh, queer phobia. Mm-hmm. It, it's all woven together there. So they believe that uh, um, cisgender. Uh, they didn't have the term back then. Jewish men uh, menstruated because of because of the the um, tradition of circumcision, and that somehow caused them to menstruate. So they needed blood. They needed to replenish their blood because they you know bled once a month or something, which is really um, just dumb. Yeah. But then. They, they said, so as circumcision spread among uh, Christian populations, they said that that was a form of, and I love this, recruitment, right? Uh, recruitment. Where have we heard that before? Yeah, for real. So, <laughs> Nazis. Well, and not Nazis. Grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Because, or mom and dad. Or in my case, it's specifically mom and dad. Um. <clears throat> So they were, uh, they were considered inhuman, like I said before. Basically, they were othered so that they could be scapegoated for the problems of the society. Because, you know, it's harder to take care of problems when it's you that are the problem, as opposed to when you can just put it off on somebody else who's different than you and doesn't have as much social capital uh, or, or power um, as you. And that's as old as humans are. Uh, so one of the things I, I wanted to get some audio of it, but I couldn't find it enough time was, and, and, uh, Justin, I know you may have seen these things. I've seen them, uh, as well. There are these old, uh, 1950s and, and early sixties things that they used to play these little shorts in school. And you know how you get like moved yeah. off and yeah. they talk about, you know, girls flowering into womanhood and yeah, you separate. From the cis boys, cis girl. Well, it's all cis boys and cis yeah. girls there. And to do them, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And so there, there are movies that show how uh, gay men are specifically are predators. Um, I've seen those. I've yes. seen some of those. They're, yeah, un- truly unbelievable. Yeah, and well, they would show those in schools. In school, and <laughs> they are. The, you know, they're uh, said to be recruiting, right, for the deviant homosexual lifestyle. <clears throat> and then now we still have the trans people in the bathroom scare. Um, some of us from my generation and before uh, will know about Anita Bryant. Uh, she was... <laughs> um, Miss America. She was Miss America. She was the orange juice queen. Uh, and she had this... She, I don't know where it came from. There, there's a movie about her now too. Uh, anyway, she had a Save the Children campaign, and it succeeded in overturning an early, early gay rights ordinance in Dade County, Florida, in 1977. 1977, folks. Um, that was pretty darn progressive. You think Bloomington's progressive, but that's that's pretty good. The ordinance was finally reinstated in '98, but that's 21 years later, and Bryant had a lot of amazingly horrific things to say but um one of her uh one of the most standout things is uh that a particularly deviant-minded gay teacher could uh sexually molest children right 
which just sends shockwaves of fear through parents. Just sentences like that cause people to uh, worry about their children now that they didn't necessarily think about that beforehand. Um, that sparks the, the, won't someone think of the children thing from The Simpsons? Does, do y'all know that meme? Mm -hmm. um, it was a character in The Simpsons and she just like, stuff's going to hell in a handbasket. And uh, she stops in front of the camera and she just, won't someone think of the children? And she runs off. That's, that's kind of that. We're making fun of it now, but back then, and even today, uh, there's still a substantial amount of people who worry about um, others, people who are othered. MS-13, uh, you know, these illegal migrants coming up and raping and killing. And Yeah, you know, how does it always go to that? It's always like, you know, anyone who's othered is a pedophile and a rapist. And exactly. that's where the gay panic defense comes in. Uh -huh. You know, it's like if, you know, while well, they were gay, so I had to, it was in self-defense. They were gay. They were hitting on me. Like, you know, and to go back to those videos that, you know, goes were played in schools and everything. I remember watching one where it's like the whole thing is an adult male is like, cruising in his car around a yes. playground and stuff and it's like uh, okay you're confusing gay and pedophile those are two different things but back then they were interchangeable and even now some sometimes people think oh, those two words are interchangeable it's like absolutely now they yeah. do you know and they're still pushing that and they've been pushing it for hundreds of years yeah Whatever. anybody as ireland said earlier that's othered you know i mean it's lgbtq people it's migrant workers it's anybody who so there are these christian groups focus right. on the family um and traditional values coalition focus on the family the spoke person spoke person uh spokeswoman um candy cushman said we feel more and more that activists are and this is what 2010 uh, being deceptive in using anti-bullying rhetoric to introduce their viewpoints. Well, the viewpoint of Christian uh, students and parents are increasingly belittled, right? They're starting to change that into a, it's against us thing. You know, <clears throat> we are being attacked by society. And this is the, an outgrowth also of the uh, um, PC uh, backlash. And then uh, Traditional Values Coalition wrote, uh, let's end taxpayer-supported homosexual recruitment in public schools. Right there, right there in the open. The state-endorsed pro-homosexual teacher teen teach-out held at Tufts University in Boston in March has outraged uh, citizens, concerned citizens. There's growing concern among parents over the use of tax dollars to fund homosexual recruitment programs in the public schools. During the teach-out, State HIV instructors taught teenagers how to engage in deviant sex acts, and they also taught teachers how to indoctrinate children into accepting homosexuality as normal. This is what's being put out to people. So where does this go, come into QAnon, right? What used to be normal, these things used to be out in the open. These <clears throat> views used to be um, part of our culture, that homosexuality is deviant and they recruit and they destroy children's lives. And um, once society starts to change, once those voices are being pushed down because people are realizing that's not true, that isn't what's really going on, that's when 
the people who hold those beliefs still because they don't go away. It's not like they just, you know, the, the culture just doesn't believe them anymore. Many, many people still believe that, just like racism. It didn't go away, it just went underground. And then you have conspiracy theories that attach to that because that gets radicalized. Those beliefs become um, radicalized by people who still refuse to open their minds or can't open them, their minds to a new reality. They're stuck in that mindset. And those people are ripe for these conspiracy theories. Um, and so that what that's done is it's create, created a feedback loop in this world that we have that's interconnected. And these people start sharing on uh, social media and on YouTube. You can go and watch some of these videos. There are, to anybody who is rationally minded, um, horrific. And they make no sense. And it, it might actually be also just a, a great call for us to really pay attention to mental health in this country. Yeah. Um, um, because some of these people are seriously delusional on multiple levels Yeah. Uh, about multiple, uh, aspects of life. I just want, can I chime in now? Yeah. Um, you know, I, people have started saying save the children now yep. and why the heck didn't that matter? Like a year ago, like two years ago. And um, this whole time I've been, I was just looking at uh, things about, well, I was looking at Facebook drama, not going to lie. People are mm -hmm. trying to say that the uh, Jacob Blake person who was shot was yeah, a yeah. wanted sex offender. And uh, you know why? Because uh, we got to save our children. And I looked mm -hmm. him up and they said there was a warrant for his arrest for uh, sexual being a sexual offender he's not in the sexual offenders registry for Lake County which is where he's been accused of uh, having the warrant and there's no record of any warrant as far as I could tell this is the updated warrant list as of today I just looked at this just now so like already people are turning you know the, the save our children thing is just like being used as an argument for why this black man should have been shot six times it's oh yeah, that, that one story <laughs> about the kid who was shot and killed and they tried to pin it on Black Lives Matter, like, yeah, are you kidding? That had nothing to do with it. Nothing at all. But look, I think we should save the children too. And I'm glad that some people are finally starting to like give a crap about kids. Um, so really there shouldn't be, and I'm starting to notice this, there is a... Uh, there's an opposition to Black Lives Matter that is save the children because it's the acceptable, it's the moral form of uh, protest, at least for, mm -hmm. for these circles who uh, do not, who believe that according to the, to the QAnon theories that George Soros owns Black Lives Matter and is uh, causing trying to start insurgencies in local governments when as as far as i can tell just being the normal joe citizen that i am it's just real uh reaction to police brutality that has been growing since like the 90s and since forever but like it's not just that it's a it's a worldview mm -hmm. 
it's it's um, they can't stand the queers they can't stand people of color they can't stand cultures that are different than theirs exactly and and so they're spouting all kinds of so QAnon isn't just about you know save the children um, no that's relatively and, new the they slogan. they're into reptilians are controlling the government a reptilian aliens um and you know there are all these people who are uh running this deep state thing that they keep talking about like there doesn't need to be a deep state it's absolutely corrupt right there on the surface um so they hold a lot of normal conspiracy theorist theorist ideas too and all of this stuff is getting worked in and it's working it's working them into a froth right and now they are actually starting to go out and do things um and 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 harm people one uh person got killed so far that i know directly because of that the fbi considers QAnon as a domestic terrorism threat you Who know melanie do you know more about that i i did it was a couple it was a month ago or two wow um yeah yeah go ahead and look up either, you know and so that in the grand scheme of things when you think about the number of attacks and things that's that's not really a whole lot but people who hold um conservative christian it's only the beginning it's early days what oh i said it's only the beginning it's early days it can turn into a lot of violence but it's also got deep roots and those right. things attract people and right. so people i know believe these things and they've been pulled in and they should know better these are people that should know absolutely know better and yet they are buying this bull because for whatever reason that narrative sticks to people sticks to certain kinds of people and um and there's no pushback from anybody of importance and we have our president saying oh yeah they're great people he's he's fond of doing that for all kinds of white supremacists and things like that um but yeah it, it's just and it's and it's also global in nature too it's not just in the united states so these people have um us in their crosshairs it's something else to watch out for does anybody have anything better can we talk about something else or I mean, you can still talk that. about this if you want to, but I. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, We've only got about like out. ten minutes left. Um, but yeah, let's talk about. Okay, I I can, I'll do mine. <laughs> <laughs> so one story that I think is giving us endless uh, love, or at least delight, I think, is um, the Jerry Falwell Jr. story, mm -hmm. and those of us that grew up with Jerry Falwell and all of the Christian hypocrisy and stuff, this is just really good stuff, I think. Um, but Jerry Falwell Jr. is an ardent supporter of President Donald Trump, and he has resigned as the head of Liberty University, according to the Associated Press. The evangelical leader has been embroiled in multiple scandals and was previously put on an indefinite leave of absence by the school's board while they examined the allegations of impropriety. Yesterday, Falwell Jr. sent a 1,200 word statement to the Washington Examiner, blaming his behavior on an affair his wife had with a quote, ambitious young man who was working at our hotel. Falwell Jr. did not mention the hotel employee's name, but Giancarlo 
Granda quickly fired back, alleging the relationship was sexually consensual and involved Falwell Jr. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Scandalous. It is scandalous. And I just think it's it's funny when people are just so, um, you know, moralistic or coming off as moralistic. And then they have these, you know, very wacky, you know, things going on, which uh, could be fine, perhaps, if they just caught to them and thought that they were all right for other people to do, too. <laughs> I feel like it's always those people that have the most skeletons in their closet, yeah. you know? Oh, absolutely. And it must cause so much stress, you know? It's like they get forced into positions of power because of how messed up they are, right? I'm, never mind. I don't know who this guy is. He's an evangelical somebody. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Jerry Falwell, his father, was huge and involved in politics. And Ronald Reagan was his friend. Moral and majority, really, religious rights. And- yes. They changed the landscape of politics and brought evangelicals into it. So this family is very big uh in politics and everything so this scandal i well i think it's just hysterical i mean in a way it's like i can't really say that jerry falwell jr is doing anything wrong so his wife and he like to swing with this other guy you know but (laughs) (laughs) they've always been so you know homophobic and you know the problem uh, is the problem is that um there is the hypocrisy right Right, it's just hypocrisy. Who cares? It's right. consensual. Yeah, nobody's getting hurt. It, well, career-wise now, but I mean, nobody was like, um, being hurt because of the relationship uh, was abusive or anything. It was, it was, uh, whatever it was, and that we should be like, yeah, go, go, you. <laughs> right. But because he tries to, has been trying to his family. Um, has been trying to tamp down the rights of others and to decry our moral turpitude. Um, yeah, that's why it, it, it becomes wrong then. Millions of dollars, you know, being approved and uh, judging other people and not giving us our rights or, you know, uh, standing in the way of them. So, Anyway, um, it's one of those things that, yeah, karma sometimes does yeah. happen. We just love it when Miss Karma does her job, huh? Yeah, she did a good one this time. Yeah. I think. And there's more to it, but I have to run. Um, but it's great to see you all. Thank you. Thanks for bringing Bye. us to the show. Bye, you guys. Bye. Yeah, that, that whole thing about projection kind of carries through everything here. Um, people project their... I don't know, guilt, shame, whatever, um, onto others. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, if you feel bad about what you're doing, maybe you're more prone to to pointing that out in other people. There was a quote that I used to write on my books in school, which is, uh, you find fault with in others what you hate most in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether I mean- that hate is real or not, whether that hate is justified or not. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing with like school bullies, you know, when we're, we're told in elementary school, oh, if a kid's bullying you, it's just because, you know, he might have some things going on at home or like he might have issues of his own. It's the same thing. You know, these people are mean because they have their own stuff going on. It's their coping mechanism. Exactly. 
which is a horrible coping mechanism. Oh, yeah. And you should yeah. see a therapist for sure, but... Find some other ones. They're, yeah. They're a lot. Take up knitting. <laughs> and listening to heavy metal at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, just thinking about all of the stuff that we report on, the things we talk about right now, um, we're looking at evolving the show, evolving the way that we um, report and being more local and being more out there, um, talking to more people, getting people back to uh, uh, interviews and stuff like that. And we're, we won't be able to be in the, the studio, but we're, we're working on getting the studio out to folks. And, uh, and Zoom is great, but it's not quite that. So we've got some options. But one of the things that I think we really need right now is um, is hope. There's a lot of really horrible stuff flying around that is taking away just any surety that we may have had of of somewhat um, of being somewhat safe and and actual safety flying out the window. I mean, um, so one of one of the young person that we know um, last Tuesday, not this one, past Tuesday, but the one before, um, took their own life. And they had support from their family. And they had, um, you know, plenty of people that love them, but still didn't see a place for themselves in this world. And if there's one thing that we need to do it is to help our youth grow up we came from a time when just taking trans folks uh because that's more studied now but uh we've got better numbers but almost 50 percent of trans folks responding have attempted suicide and that's not including obviously the ones who succeeded the amount of um the death toll from society's inability to accept lgbtiq folk is it's this unknown factor it's this massive number that we can never put a, uh, our finger on because how do you how do you count that? You just have the people that you know about and you care about who are suffering, and then you don't hear from them anymore. And now, and and I'm going to square squarely blame society for this, and for every one of these attacks on queer folk, murders of queer folk. And, um, and for all the suicides that go uncounted and un, un, um, unmarked on society and our inability to take care of people, we don't, as a culture, we don't value life. And if something has to change in this post-COVID, uh, post-Black Lives Matter world, it's got to be that we approach every action, every decision with how does this affect people?
does this support people? They'll figure out how to make profits regardless, but we have to support one another and we have to hold each other accountable when abuse is going on, when uncle, whoever, or aunt so-and-so, or grandma, or your little brother starts spouting off at the table some hateful, racist, sexist, queerphobic crap. We have to shut them down and re-educate them or educate them. Absolutely. You know, I've lost people before. Um, and I've talked about it on the show, how I'm a survivor two times. And I just, I can't take this one. I can't take all of them, but this one in particular has shaken me and, um, <clears throat> I have to do something and we all have to do something, but um, the LGBTIQ center that I was kind of pushed into starting last year and trying to get the ball rolling and whose breaks I applied because of the whole COVID thing. It needs to be there for people. Um, if not a physical place to gather, it needs to be a physical place for organizations to, to have space to organize their movements. It needs to be there to provide education and programming that is safe um, and inclusive. It needs to be there to put pressure on the elected officials. I won't say leaders because there is no leadership there. But put pressure on our elected officials and get better elected officials in office to do the right thing to support people so that we don't feel that there is no place in this world for us because it is our world and whoever tells us it's not those are the people we have to fight against they've identified themselves anyway i thank you for that and i'm sure we're out of time do you want to take justin's part i can yeah i can do that Thanks for listening, folks. Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Cade Young. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Lucas Fisher. I'm Melanie Davis, and remember, if everything were straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Be well, stay safe, speak truth, manifest equity, demand justice, and good night from your Blooming Out family.